Blog Talk Radio.
blog talk. So, um, like I was saying, we're going to talk about family law tonight. We're going to talk about how um, one man felt that another man had disrespected his wife. So that what I'm saying by that is that we're going to show you how men and women are supposed to protect their families and their children by the way of God. So um, let's go on and get ready to enjoy the service on tonight. Um, I know that Mother Tony and Minister Ron is already on the line, and I know that they're excited about doing this, and I'm so excited that they accept this assignment to help us with learning how to protect what God has given us. You have a lot of people that want children, that want, want a family, but they don't have it. But for those of us that do, we want to make sure we dedicate it back, give it back to God, and allow God to be our Lord and Savior over our whole situation of planning to rear up the family, raise up the family, and for the mother and the father to also have a a, a circle. You know, like when you get married, they, they, uh, they say the marriage should be like a circle. You don't break a circle. A chain link can break at any given point. But it's very, I don't, I haven't known, ever known a, a true circle to be broken, not unless it was cut. So let's, mm-hmm. let's cut into the word on tonight and see what God has for us. I'm going to give it to Minister Ron and Mother Tony. I'm not going to mute my lines because I'm a part of the program on tonight. And I'm going to be yes. the amen corner. And I'm going to also have comments when it's possible. But I, I just want you all to know, God is God, God is Lord, and God is over every family, whether it's Will Smith family, Chris Rock family, or your family or mine. But we're going to let God have this, okay? All right, Mother and Minister Ron, are you ready? Yes, ma'am, we're here. Yes, we're here. Can you hear us? Okay, it's in your hands. Let's do what. Uh, God has put on our hearts on tonight. Let's touch and agree, and let's go for what we know. Okay. Thank you, Miss Mary Sylvia. We sure appreciate Ooh. it. How are you doing tonight, Tony? I'm doing well, and how are you doing, Ron? Oh, I'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so good to so good to hear uh, everyone. And um, we're going to uh, just open up with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you, O Lord, to thank you. Thank you for all that you have provided us, Lord. We just can't thank you enough. O Lord, we look at our situations and our circumstances in light of what else is going on in the rest of the world. And, O Lord, we can truly say that we've been blessed. And we pray that all those within our listening ear have been blessed also, O Lord. And if not, Lord, that they are in the way of a blessing that's coming. Yes. And Lord, we just yes. pray for that. We just ask that you we just ask that you bless Tony and I tonight as we impart these words that that come from your scripture. Yes. We impart the spirit of the word tonight on the subject yes. of marriage and Lord, we ask that you bless our tongues and our hearts and our heads. We ask in Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Well, good evening, everybody. Tonight we're going to talk about 
we're going to start with the four seasons of marriage. And uh, just to uh, get started with that, um, yeah, we um, uh, did this from uh, information that we got from uh, Gary Chapman. We were very, very close with a close, with one of his close associates. Yeah. Um, for a long time there, we were um, in uh, close contact, and we worked in the marriage uh, mentors ministry with uh, the founder of that ministry, Dewey Wilson. Okay. And um, we were uh, in the, uh, he and uh, Gary combined to, to put together a lot of the curriculum of that ministry, of which we were able to uh, Use and help others in their marriage. Um, and when we talk about the four seasons of marriage, and this is this is just an analogy. And we're talking about the seasons of the year: um, summer, I mean spring, summer, fall, and winter. And as you know, astrologically, those occur in that order. And they also occur for approximate times of the year, mm-hmm. in which uh, we expect to be pleasant in the spring, cold in the uh, no hot in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, again, pleasant for getting kind of rough there, a little chilly in the fall, and then just cold and frosty, and just extremely uh, harsh, intimidating weather in the winter time. And that's typical of marriages. The beautiful thing about marriages is that we've been blessed to be able to, let's say, winter those storms. Mm-hmm. And and with God's blessings, we can cut that season short. Mm-hmm. And we can go directly from summer into spring if we work with God, mm-hmm. oh, Lord, in our marriages. That's what we're looking for. So let me tell you some things that are typical of spring marriages. So we're talking about spring marriage, huh? Yes, we're going to start with spring marriage. That sounds good. And that's where most marriages begin. Yeah. The excitement of creating a new life together is not exclusively for newlyweds. The emotions of a spring marriage are characterized by excitement, joy, hope and happiness. Couples feel animated and buoyant, and their attitudes toward one another positive. There's both gratitude and anticipation in the future and an overall feeling of optimism and trust. Okay. Just like newlyweds, couples in the spring season want to do things to deepen the relationship and benefit of the other person. All Just right. like God did for us. Yes, amen. He gave us the benefit of this earth and told us to rule over it. And then explained to us what the parameters were of how we do that. And he says that we have to be obedient to that as well as to his word about marriage. So nothing is perfect. Just as many people suffer from allergies and hay fever during the spring, a spring marriage can contain some kind of unexpected irritation as well. 
The thing about spring, it makes me really think of um, just the, uh, you know, that the idea that uh, Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes that there is a season for everything. And so it is that when we talk about marriage, that there is seasons that we go through. And and the importance of the season it makes me think of uh, the song of the song of Solomon, which is Solomon, when he really talks about you know love, and uh, in um, Song of Solomon two and sixteen he says, "My love is mine, and I am his." Which she this is the wife or the bride, and he feeds and he feeds among the lilies, and so she really talks about her husband or her future husband in such in such affectionate ways. And it makes you stop and think, you know, the Song of Solomon is a very, uh, I think, uh, one of the few books in the Bible that gives you such intimacy without a lot of, uh, what was that that we heard today, uh, not a lot of uh, overgrowth. Oh. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, behaviors, right. and you know, and, and if you look at a movie today, they try to gross you out with every possible, um, you know, a way that you can see to displease the, the sex, and that's not what God wants. He, because he, at that point, it's no longer intimacy. Right, right, right. Because intimacy is something between two people. Two people. And so it, that makes me think of the spring. The marriage is is the spring where it is it is it is that time of romance. Like Christ actually is the it is it, it, it refers to Christ as the church. This whole idea that Christ is coming back for a bride without a spot or wrinkle. So he he romances us. He loves us in spite of how we act clamped. He just loves us right on. And so that makes me think of the spring, our marriages in the spring. But when we think of our marriages in the summer, it is it is more like fun is the theme of summer, right? You want to put on your bathing suit, go out and get in the water and, and have fun. Life is beautiful and reaping the benefits of the effort to understand each other in the summer of your marriage. Spouses share a deep sense of commitment, satisfaction and security in each other's love. Couples feel happiness and satisfaction and accomplishment, connection, peace, and fun. It was fun. <laughs> and just like the spring marriages, there are usually a desire to keep growing together. Communication is constructive and couples have Learn to accept each other's differences. A, a couple in the summer of their marriage needs to be forewarned, though, because what happens is sometimes there's a lot of unresolved conflict under that surface that must be bought out. And if a marriage is to maintain a state of fullness, it has to have that uh, transparency when it comes to conflict. And so it, it, it is so important because I, I believe also in the summer of your marriage, 
you are practicing the ability to communicate more effectively. So you are resolving issues and learning how to talk with each other and talk to each other. And so I believe that that's what happens in the summer marriage, that season. What do you think, Ron? Yes, it was unresolved conflict. The surface must be brought out mm-hmm. if a marriage is to remain in the state of fullness. Now, in the summertime, that's when everything is blossomed to its fullest. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you look out there, all the leaves on the trees are green, mm-hmm. and they're wavering. And uh, although, now here in Texas, it's pretty hot, kind of unbearably hot. Yeah, but that's why the Lord lit man and been air conditioned. And, uh, and, and windows, so we can see all of that, but still be in, in the cool of the air. It's a comfort. And uh, also, he has granted us nice days, so we can get out there and enjoy the comfort of the atmosphere. And uh, that's to be fully appreciated. What happens in the fall? Things have a tendency to start dying. And fall marriages, they look fine externally. Uh-huh. Outsiders may even comment on how happy the couple seems to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yet inside the marriage, things are changing. Fall marriages can either be a prelude to winter mm-hmm. or a couple can dig deep and make time to reverse so they can move right into spring. (laughs) Emotions uh, in this season include sadness, apprehension, rejection, resentment, loneliness, and emotional depletion. Couples in the fall season of their marriage have attitudes of great concern over their marriages. There is an uncertainty about where things are going. We can take a um, a page out of the Book of Bears. Uh, book of Bears? Oh, in preparing uh, in the fall uh-huh. for what's going to happen in the winter. They know they're going to get snowed in. Uh-huh. They know all their game is not going to be there for them to capture like they usually do. Okay. So they stock up and they hibernate. Uh-huh. And I bet you to a bear, the time that he lays down from the time that he gets up, it may seem like an instant in time. Mm-hmm. But he is prepared for it. Right. He is prepared for it, and he knows how to get that done and to live through the winters of his life without it affecting him any. Mm. So, yeah. So that, that my mom used to tell us to say you prepare for war in the time of peace. Mm-hmm. Meaning that you look at, at your situation and you start to to know these are the little things that get on my nerves. These are the things that I need to be more transparent about. These are the things that, uh, you know, I say that a fall marriage is almost like a sandwich because in the fall you've got kids on one side of you and you've got parents on the other side. So you've got people pulling you in two different directions. And sometimes you don't maintain your marriage because you're so busy maintaining other people. 
other situations. And so that gets to be such a a task that it it opens up this door for Satan to really set things up for you not to really really pour into your marriage. You're pouring into everybody else and not into your marriage. That's why you have to cautious. I like that. The way you said that that we have to be uh purposeful and, and, and directed to make sure that we are diving and 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 uh what did you say uh deeply uh trying to reverse some of the things that are going on in our marriage right now so we can have and stay in the spring or the summer of our marriage. And so that's so important. I know that in Colossians uh, 3 and 23 it says, whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and in that way, and not unto people. So this is when you start to dig in deep. And decide to say, okay, what can I do to really enhance my marriage right here and, and, and not fall prey to all the things, the tiredness that I have. So it, it's important that we do that in the fall of our marriage. Amen. But as, as we think about fall of our marriage, then winter can be a season. And we're going to have a winter season. We're going to have a fall season, but they don't have to last long like you were saying, Ron. And this whole winter season is characterized by coldness, harshness, and bitterness. The dreams of spring are covered with layers of ice. Conversations are only about logistics, who will do what, and when will they do it. Not my job. It's not my job, man. <laughs> Communication is regulated to silence, argument, criticism, and at times verbal abuse. Mm. Lives are lived independently, although under the same roof. This is caused by rigid. What did I say? Uh, being hard-headed, <laughs> not being able to, to really uh, want to see anybody else's way, and right. unwillingness to consider the other person's perspective and work towards a compromise. You talked yeah. about the art of compromise. The emotion, mm-hmm. even present is in the winter season of marriage, are also hurt. Anger, disappointment, loneliness, and a sense of rejection. The attitudes of our spouse in the winter season are perseverance and 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 being pessimistic. Seeing, Seeing the worst, thinking problems are too big, discouragement, hopelessness, and the nasty habit nasty. of blaming the other person. That's just nasty. That's just nasty. <laughs> the natural inclination of individuals within the winter season of marriage is to avoid the element and withdraw. And I, and I talk about this picture is because this is the picture that the world paints the most about marriage. They talk about the negative side of marriage. 
that yeah. that there's either a con- either we're conscious or subconsciously desire to hurt the other spouse with harsh words or even violent acts. So you see this played out on the news. You see it played out on everything. So this is what they emphasize. Spouses tend to still de- uh, detect uh, uh, detect, I can't, I can't think of it. Uh, detached, if I, if I could say it. Detached, and and they, uh, de- and they, and they de- uh, deserve or they desire a change. They, they want to change from the situation, but they just don't have that. They're not in that mindset. Uh, there is, however, a positive side to the winter season. And that is when couples tend to want to maintain hope. People don't lie down in the in the snow and just wait <laughs> to die. They just don't do that. They they seek out help. So that's when you might even go to counseling or 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 be part of the ministry that we were part of, marriage mentoring, where you actually have walked with another couple for a year, so you could actually help them see what the Bible says about. Those ten uh, trials uh, produce patience, and and um, perseverance. Those trials also help us to really make room for forgiveness, so it can really provide for us an opportunity for love. And so the winter season, even though it might be hard. It doesn't have to last, and we have uh, an advocate because Jesus Christ really, he, he wanted us to, to really think about. He, he said that, uh, it was Paul said in Colossians 4 and 6 that, he says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt so that you may know how you should answer each other, the other person. Yeah. So it's so yeah. important that we take the word and we apply it to our life situation mm-hmm. where we continue in that. Uh-huh. And so, Ron, what do you think of the winter marriages that season? Well, I think you covered it pretty thoroughly. It seems to be that time that is winter. I remember when I was in the Air Force, uh, there was a base that we would visit up in North Dakota. And it was pretty desolate up there in the wintertime. It's cold. We wouldn't even get off the airplane. We would just open up the back of it and discharge the cargo and close the doors and, and, and get going again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's too cold to get out there. But there are stories about that, about people who were, um, because uh, the men have their, uh, the um, uh, the military personnel have their families there with them. Right. And there's no way they can move around uh, in the isolated places where the bases are. Uh, because of the fact that you know they're they're they're, they're trapped by twelve foot snow uh, falls with sixteen uh, foot drifts, so I mean you know they don't shovel the snow off the sidewalk; they dig tunnels <laughs> from one place to the other, and uh, it's just uh, there's no playing on the playground, so people are pretty much um, trapped in their homes, mm. uh, except for the military personnel. They have ways of getting to to their, their position where they have to be. Mm-hmm. And they develop a syndrome that they call cabin fever. Yeah. Because they're just in that one place at all times. Now, for the number of people 
who are relatively few who go kind of crazy with cabin fever. Uh-huh. The others accommodate for it by doing things. Uh-huh. I mean, okay. learning to associate with each other, learning each other, uh-huh. uh, supporting each other, uh, making an event out of even the service member when they come home every day. Yeah. And nice there are things to uh, accommodate uh, them in this winter of their marriage and their family. So we have to think about marriage like that. Mm-hmm. There are things that we can do about it. And uh, I know that this went from just the upbeat of the spring marriages to the summer, and then we started coming down with the fall and the winter. And we're not going to end on a downer because right now, Tony and I are going to talk to you about how to add fun, fun. back into your marriage. Yes. Yes. Do you know how to make a relationship better? How? We had to think about a couple that uh, I heard about. Oh, yeah. They've been happily married for 17 years, and as the years pass, life doesn't seem to slow down. In fact, it just seems to get busier and busier. A couple of years ago, in a roadblock, forced them to slow down and reevaluate their marriage and where they were headed. The speed of life had crowded out some of the more important things, including the element of fun in their marriage relationship. And they were in need of some change. Now, first of all, this starts with the three killers of fun in any marriage. That's busyness, boredom, and complacency. Now, I didn't say business. I said busyness, B-U-S-Y-N-E-S-S. Okay. So you got busyness, mm-hmm. boredom, and complacency. Okay. And these are the three fun killers of any marriage. Nearly every marriage faces these challenges at some time or point. In fact, your marriage may be overdue for some fun. For some fun. <laughs> like ours is. Yeah, uh-huh. sometimes we, yes, we could use some more fun. We can use all the fun we can get. Yes. So, what we can couple, uh, uh, what, what kind of, the question is, what can a couple do to add the element of fun back into our relationships? Amen. Here's a list of ideas to get you started. Let's take that first one this. That first one. How you combat busyness. Okay. okay. The first thing, the first suggestion, now look, these are open to suggestions. You write this. Just like y'all wrote that marriage contract. Y'all write this. Just we want to give you just some thought provoking thoughts, if you will, of how you can go about the business of eliminating Busyness. Okay. And that's where you're just too busy doing other things to pay attention to each other. Mm. (laughs) And the first one, I know we've said this before, but we're going to say it over and over again, is to schedule a weekly date night. Wow. That that seems to be pretty simple. Sounds good. Schedule a weekly date night. 
Another thing to do is put the kids to bed on time, mm, or even, maybe even, even early. Yeah. Every now and then, so you have time to spend with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't go to you don't go to sleep the same time them children do. Mm-mm. So that all the two are still up, spend that time with each other. Okay. Now here's one. Y'all talk to me about this. Tell me, give me your comments on this. Go to bed. At the same time. What does that got to do with anything? Well, that has a lot to do with the environment in the room. Uh, if y'all are going to bed at the same time, that gives you, uh, it, that lets the other, the spouse uh, turn off everything, slow down, and get some real rest. The studies show that when uh, couples go, uh, come in at different times, that one, the the spouse that's already asleep is their rest is disturbed, and then they don't really get the fullness of rest. So it's important that they have that go to bed at the same time and they get up at the same time. It's it's just good uh, sleep practice for them. And it's it's, it's a schedule and they come back that busyness. The thing that you were doing, do it earlier. Do it at another okay. time. But we got a schedule. We go on the bed at ten o'clock. Mm-hmm. Right after the news. Ouch. 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 Sometimes it's not a good. It's not a good idea to, to watch the news and try to go to sleep. Making a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing you can do, and I don't get what we're trying to do is make marriage fun. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Make that surprise overnight getaway happen soon. I mean, schedule yourself and stay in that $200 hotel room <laughs> and just have that uh, that romantic dinner. Mm-hmm. And I mean, okay. save and budget for it. Yeah. Because I guarantee you one thing, y'all are worth it. Amen. The relationship, yeah. that is the best investment they can make in. Yeah. <coughs> and, and taking that time to nurture your uh, relationship you know, and it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, any real fancy, but it has to be really nice. It has to be well thought out. And, you know, and you might sometimes find some, uh, they'll have some kind of, uh, like, bargain going on so you can take advantage okay. of, of that okay. overnight stay. I know that sometimes the different hotels that I stay at for my job, eventually, you know, they have some kind of, uh, bargain, they'll call and they try to sell it to us. And sometimes we buy it. So, you know, it'll, it's a good time. But uh, the next thing I, I, I want to bring up is that you can share um, house chores, even those responsibilities. You know, uh, you, can, you can say, okay, I'm going to do your chores tonight for you. Just go lay down, put your feet up. Or y'all can do them together. And then that's what? like, do them, yes, do them together, <laughs> where, uh, like, I'll sweep the floor, you can mop it. All right. Yeah. I like that idea. Wash the dishes, I'll dry them for the mop. We can just, you know. I like mopping the floor, I just don't like sweeping it. <laughs> so that'll work. We can do that. Mm-hmm. So just working together makes it, uh, makes the chores just easier to do. And then, you know, give us some more time together. So close. 
Now, here's something that you can do. Uh-huh. And uh, you don't even have to think about this because this happens naturally in the course of the day. Mm-hmm. When you think about something good about your spouse, uh-huh. immediately stop and text them about it. Okay? Or if they're there, tell them about it. Mm-hmm. I like to tell my wife how good she looks. <laughs> he does. <laughs> He's always giving me that compliment. And um, it, it just it, it just thrills me the way she appreciates me telling her that. And uh, she does. She looks good to me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, now this next one I want to talk about, and people might say, "Oh no, you." And it is about couples scheduling sex. Put it on their calendar because the busyness keeps you from being intimate. And the scripture tells you not to forsake having that relationship because that gives Satan room. So it is important that you schedule sex and, and, you know, until it can be spontaneous. And sometimes people are not spontaneous, so you've got to know your, your, your spouse. And the planning is important, and and it's and it's good to you know have that. Uh, okay, we don't you know we got this night, so get the kids to bed or or get somebody to babysit, and you know, but to make that happen and make it happen often. All right. Another thing too is combat business. You want to quit making excuses. What? It seems like the thing, you know, like all these things you say, you can make an excuse. Make that surprise overnight getaway happen, saying, oh, I don't have the time. Oh, I don't have the money. Oh, I don't have the inclination. Schedule a weekly date night. Oh, I got something I got to do for it. Excuses. As was once told to me, excuses of the bricks and mortar of which monuments to nothing are built. So quit making those excuses. Here's one that I like. And it's hard for me to get on my wife's schedule with this. Boy, I love it it when we just get on this schedule. Find a TV series that you and your spouse can watch together. Abby. (laughs) (laughs) Or you turn the TV on And just just spend some time together With no agenda Yeah Yeah. Those are are some ideas of combat business I mean those aren't written in stone Y'all make your own Because it's something I know that Y'all can do to get rid of that business But maybe business is an excuse Not to associate with each other And 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 it helps deal with uh, Satan's uh, wanting to have isolation in a marriage and selfishness in a marriage. So it's 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 to combat those things that keep you from having a winter season in your marriage. Amen. Now the second situation here we have busyness and then there's boredom, and boredom is like the tedious activities that go on day to day. Hour to hour, minute to minute in your life, it just seems like a repeating of the cycle. Mm, yeah, 
there. And that's because we're not putting our relationship into that schedule that we're making for ourselves. And there's nothing wrong with ignoring or postponing or substituting something else to put in that place. So you ought to keep a running list of ideas and things to do together. Yes, that would be. I remember uh, several years ago, my wife and I, we were on the same wavelength where we had the same time off together uh, on the the mornings. And we said, let's take a class together. (laughs) And we took a a fall prevention class. Yeah. Where you go to class and they uh, they, they teach you. It was taught at a hospital, and they teach you what the uh, what the procedure is to keep. Because we were elderly, I mean we're, we're not we're not spring chickens anymore. No, uh, we're still in a fairly good uh, physical condition. Great. But um, you know falls can, can stop that, and so we took we took the class on fall prevention, and it was only what a week long. What long? Oh no, month. Was it that long? Yeah, but we went once a day. We went once a week. Oh, oh okay. Five, five visits. It was five visits. We went once a week. Right. And we had a textbook and everything. We had to take tests and uh, have these uh, creative discussions with folks. But, uh, I mean, that, that's something that, that, that you can do together, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's another one, and I like this one. Find ways throughout the day to make physical contact. <laughs> now, my husband liked this part. Because <laughs> they're going to run along with number three. Uh-huh. Oh, they're going to kiss yeah. each other often. <laughs> That's him. He's a hugger and a kisser. Yes, he is. <laughs> Send love, text to each other just because you can. Mm. Hey, we grown and married. That's right. We got license. We got license. We're not in, we're not in grade school or, or middle school or you can't have your phone out. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's one. Here's uh, one. Yeah. I told you we're going to have fun. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Fun. Going to combat that boredom? Uh-huh. Go to bed. At least once a week, make it. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Does that sound like fun? <laughs> and I mean, yeah. just see what happens. It's a good night, Ray. You got to get it. You got to get it. You got Wear that outfit that your spouse loves. Mm. My problem is my wife. She got so many clothes that I love. You know, I, I, I call her closet the magic closet. Where you get that from? You father, you spending all the money. <laughs> she said, I've had this for years. You've seen this so many times. I said, yeah, but baby, on you, it looks brand new. <laughs> he always graphic, he always graphic, y'all. Um, <laughs> but I like it. I like it. That's all right. I know that's right. You say uh, play some games that you uh, you you know you like to do, uh, or um, 
uh, when you were dating. So I was teasing Ron when we uh, when we were going over this one, and I told him when we were dating, he would play this game, uh, act like he was Jehovah Witness, and come to the door, and I would slam the door on him. <laughs> that was just a silly. It was a silly thing we would do, but we could we we would uh, you know play uh, different card games. We we played bid with a lot. We we would spade, uh, we would uh, you know just play games. It was something that we liked to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, be creative. Find creative ways to add elements of surprise uh, into your spouse's day. So, you know, okay. find something they might like uh, that, um, you know, that they notice you're thinking about them because it's only because you know them. Uh, well, my husband is a, a lover of food. We're learning to love it differently. <laughs> <laughs> But he would, he would love chocolate. Oh my goodness! And when I would yeah. go out, and I would have a chocolate bar in the bag or something for him, just for him. Or I would buy him a soda or something. Now, now he didn't need none of that, but I bought it just because I know he would appreciate. It. Mm. You know, or something that he would like. And and the bigger things not was sure. You know, to give him. He yeah. he likes. Uh, he also likes gadgets. So I buy him a gadget or two. Too. I like pears. Pears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he likes pears. Something else. Do you want to do something every day that will make your spouse laugh? What do you mean? Yeah. You oh, know, I, mean, I, I, I would tell uh, my husband. Uh, Tell me about our friend in Chicago. That's not funny. That got robbed. <laughs> Let them see. You tell them. You tell them the same story. You you you, tell you, you think that's funny. Mm-hmm. I got a text message from my good buddy Art Art Turner up in Chicago. Mm-hmm. He sent this to me Saturday morning. He said, first off, I'm okay. I was a bit shaken up though. But those of you that aren't aware, I was robbed at the BP gas station earlier this morning. After my hand stopped trembling and I managed to call the police, they were quick to respond and calm me down because my blood pressure went through the roof. But my money is gone forever. The police asked me if I knew who did it, and I told them, yeah, it was pump number two. <laughs> so it's little stuff like that that he's always saying to me. <laughs> That's a true story. You can laugh if you want. That's to. funny. That's funny. That's funny. Because these gas stations are holding us up, and there's nothing we can do about it. We can't fight back. I feel like calling the police on. The police <laughs> The police be telling me they don't they don't have enough gas to get out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, today I got a letter from the post office. I don't know how I got the letter. They said they were gonna start going virtual. And I got a call from my po- my mailman reading my bills to me. 
<laughs> then you have to be okay. fly, pay him. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Read me my bill. I'm going to reply, then pay it. <laughs> I ain't heard that. We just want to have a little fun, that's all. We talking about busyness. And boredom. And boredom. Now we're going to hit the C word, complacency. Now complacency, what would you call that? That's like um, you just settle yeah. uh, for what you got. Yeah, it's like it's not gonna get any better. No need in me even putting any effort in. Putting no effort, just just sit there, mm-hmm. not doing it, not making a move. But uh, there's a bunch of stuff you can do. What's some of the stuff you can do? Uh, you can you can always say I love you. Oh, you can yeah. put that. You can speak that into existence. How the scripture says that there's power in your tongue. And so by telling your spouse that you love them and telling them that often. That gives that makes room for whatever issues that you're having. It gives you a way to to start that that conversation, that love conversation about how you care for some for your spouse and how God has put y'all together and no man puts asunder. So it gives you that room to really care and love your spouse and to say it. Amen. And just not say it in words, but to say it in deed. Mm-hmm. So that means that we get to flirt with each other It's been a while Like we used to Again 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 And again And again And again And again <laughs> and, and it's also important that we pray together daily Oh yes And so to give uh, God space in our lives So when there's places that we're struggling That it gives us an opportunity to hold each other up Mm-hmm. And Brandy gives also we praising the Lord for putting the roof over our head and the clothes on our back and the food in our belly. Number four is incorporate anticipation into your bedroom. Be anxious for those meetings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Want to, yeah. And I always say sometimes, well, I didn't say this, my pastor said this. He said, what happens at night, many times starts in the morning with you taking out the garbage or helping your spouse or, or uh, loving, on, you know, loving on them. It's important that they know that you care early in the morning so it's not just something that happens at night. That's it. The next one, baby. Yes, darling. Use names of endearment towards each other. Sugar. Okay. <laughs> Honey bun. <laughs> Honey bun. And be willing to try new things. Mm-hmm. And for God's sake, praise your spouse in front of your children. Yeah, so important. Oh, yeah. And I precept an example. Our children learn what they how to entreat their spouse. You know, it's been said that the best thing that any father could ever do for his children mm, is to love, is to love, love their mother. Yes. Amen. Amen. Respond positively when your when your uh, spouse brings up that subject again. 
Yeah, so when it comes up again to say something that y'all disagreed on, instead of uh, giving Satan room, it gives you an opportunity to reframe what was in your mind or what they said and say, you know, I really appreciate your support. Even though you disagreed with me giving my niece that money, I still appreciate your support and understanding that uh, and and giving room for me to actually do that. So, you know, instead of being negative, being positive about it. That's it. And then to learn to speak your spouse's love language. And we, because the hour has gone, uh, has uh, gone so far, we're going to talk about love languages, our spouse's love languages, when we get back together next month. Yep, you're going to have to wait until two, three, four, the 25th of April. Yeah. And we'll, we'll be fresh we'll, we'll from our date. Yeah. The 25th. Yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah. We're, yeah, we're celebrating our 48th anniversary that weekend. Oh. We're going to, is it Branson? Yeah, Branson, Missouri. We're going to Branson, Missouri to see uh, the, the Jesus place. <coughs> so we're going to have a weekend. And so it's going to, we're looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. And we hope to see y'all again. But in the meantime, preview to our next lesson is going to be about the love languages. So your, your assignment, your assignment, you know, we always give you an assignment, is to put some fun in your marriage. Some fun, some fun. And you say, well, I'm not married. Then put some fun in the relationships of the people that you're with. Give, Send them okay. text. Practice uh, uh, having a little fun. Have a game night. Do some things that will help put joy into your life because it is important that you display what Christ would have for the church. He's coming back for a bride, and he wants us to love him and love one another. So we mean for marriage to be fun, and we want y'all to practice that. Y'all to practice that. In case you want to get in touch with us, you go to our uh, email. You send us an email and tell us how you're doing, what you thought about tonight's uh, uh, discussion. Uh, which, if you need some prayer. If you need prayer. And um, also uh, ask questions about next week's, uh, next month. And that web, I mean, that uh, email is God's Family and Marriage at gmail.com. God's Family and Marriage at gmail.com. So that's and A N D. God's Family and Yendi Marriage. And then, Mr. Sylvia, we turn the service back over into your hands. Amen, amen. Thank you all for the lesson on tonight of the seasons of marriage. A lot of people got to remember when the spring is here, you you got to start looking around your marriage and start speaking up to clean out that stuff that's unwanted. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, and, uh, it's, 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 it's so amazing, like you say, 
like you said, if you're married or the one you're with, you got to let, let a person know what it, what you expect of them because with the COVID right. and the winter, you've been bottled up so, lo- so long and so much together that sometimes your, your smile may not be that bright no more because they've been looking at it up close for so long because of what you couldn't do. <laughs> Without a mask. <laughs> Without a mask. So that's one place you can't put handle mask on in the house if you do something really wrong. Now, I thank God for the rest of them tonight because all while you all were teaching, I kept hearing in my spirit, God said, listen, because we have to understand that sin lies at the door, even for the marriage. Yeah. Sin lies yeah. at the door. It's waiting to destroy what God has put in place. Amen. Sin lies at the door. So while you're making your marriage fun again, make sure you give it back to God. Oh, because yeah. sin lies at the door. I just want to thank you all for letting us know we don't have to settle. Mm-hmm. You know, let you know, it's okay to talk. You know, a lot of times people forget before you got married, you used to dance and sing to one another. Come on. Come on. You, you got to remember those things. You know, I still like to hear a good song. I still like to dance a little. I even still like to hear some good poetry. You know, the man of God on tonight said, make things what you need them to be. Because, see, that, that's your relationship. Some people like to go fishing. I like to eat fish. <laughs> I don't want to go catch it. So, you know, we, we have to find out. You, you said love language. What is the love language? What what are we talking? We can yeah. sing together, but let's not too much talk together, not unless we saying, I love you. I appreciate mm-hmm. you. I thank yeah. you. You know, I thank God for putting you in my life because you know what I want. You know what I need. You know what mm-hmm. the, you know how to get and calm me down. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. So yeah. we have to, you know, not just thank God for the gift, but Thank God that you know how to, you want to learn how to be the gift. Mm. I want to thank everybody for tuning in on tonight. I want to thank everybody for just listening in on Blog Talk as well as Facebook Live. I want to ask everybody if they will come back next Monday, which will be another Monday of Smile 3E, I'm Sharpening Iron, um, yes. Blog Talk. We want you all to know that... Um, God is so good. Thank you, uh, Evangelist Sandra Gentry, for uh, tuning in tonight on Facebook. I just thank everybody for taking the time out to listen to the man and woman of God because they're not telling you what they heard about a marriage. They're telling you what they lived and they know about a marriage and they know about raising children because maybe you missed it. But they said when they we talk to them again, it would be April 25th. 2022, and that, that'll be the weekend, the week and weekend of their 48th anniversary. They're not talking about their anniversary for a club. They're talking about their anniversary for their marriage. So, <laughs> this is a marriage that has been tried and proved. And mm-hmm. when the man of God said that he tells his wife, "You how beautiful you are," and she, he says she looks good to me. He didn't say it like he was reading it off a paper. He said it because he was letting us hear the pleasure in him telling his wife 
how good she looks to him. So we, we got to find out, where do, God, where do we get that type of compassion for to still love what we said we wanted, what we said I do to, and we just have to mm-hmm. understand that there's a season. The word, and, and you know, our mother Tony told us, even the word of God t- tells us there's a season for everything. So even a marriage has a season. A marriage has a season of, in the beginning, we love each other. That's uh, Then we move on to, okay, we're figuring out how, where do we go from here because the honeymoon is over. Yeah. Then we get to the part we're like, oh, Lord, I got to be up under you all the time. I got to see your socks, <laughs> ring up everything else in the middle of the floor. I got to see uh, you don't pick them up and wait for me. Then we get to the season of, I'm sick and tired of you right about now. Now, I just told you, if I cook, you wash the dishes. We we got to get to a place we say, God, help me keep the same love all the way through. We we know we're going to go through yeah. some changes, but we uh, the man of God taught us and the woman of God taught us when we get to the place of complacency, we don't we don't settle. We have to be able to know how to say I love you. We have yeah. to know how to start. If we forgot or we haven't, we have to learn how to start praying together and praying one for another. You know, so we got to get to that place. No matter what was said tonight about loving one another, about him loving me, I'm loving him, we made yeah. sure that you heard what God said. Mm. So please remember that. You all join us on Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. Central Standard Time with Dr. Um, Elect Lady, Apostle Cecilia Kaiser, uh, Minister Sheila Mm -hmm. Kaiser, and Minister Brandon Kaiser. That's at 9.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Please join us on Fridays with our ministry that's uh, at 9 p.m., Central Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, that will be with myself, Minister Sylvia Kaiser, and Prophet Antoine Thomas. We are the hosts on those different Fridays. So just know this. God is God, and there's nothing you can do about it, but acknowledge it. (laughs) Allow God to be your God. Allow God to be your Savior. Don't just call him when you hit your toe or you hit your elbow or something has gone in the opposite way. Call on him each and every day where you will be reassured that God is looking for a bride. He's looking for his church. Will you be a part of the congregation? Uh, He's giving you a test love now on earth while you can get married and know what love is because when you get to heaven, you're going to know what real love is. So I just want to say to you all, our foundational scripture is Matthew 6 and 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I'm going to ask Minister Brian if he would pray us out on tonight, and we would just say good night, everyone, after the prayer. Okay. If you don't mind, uh, Minister Sylvia, I want to uh, ask my wife to pray for us. Okay. So, Lord, we just praise your name, and we lift you up, for you are mighty and great. We thank you, Lord God, for this time to come and pour into the life of your people. We thank you for this ministry, Lord God, that you have established, Lord, for kingdom work. We ask, God, that you bless from the beginning to the end everyone that's listening or those that will listen. 
that they will hear a word of truth, that they will know, Lord God, that you have purpose and, and for marriage and that you would provide for every couple that seeks your faith. We ask, God, that you help them pour more fun into their marriage because in their pouring in the fun, they show, Lord God, your faith and your faithfulness to them. We just ask that you just continue to bless and have your way as you bless uh, this ministry to grow in grace and understanding of who you are. And we just ask these things until we meet again. In Jesus' name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you all for listening. Thank you.